Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored that you're joining us today. The word Kalos is a poorly pronounced Greek word that means beautiful. And we believe here at Kalos that the words and the ways of Jesus are very beautiful. That's why each week we're bringing content to make known that beauty. So let's go ahead and jump right in to this last Sunday's sermon. continuing the the series of Ecclesiastes in chapter 6 and Andrew Jennings gave a very powerful message last week on discontentment and discontentment and and his, his main point what I took away from his message was that contentment can only truly be received from Jesus right and so this week in Ecclesiastes the author takes it a step further right and he says this that our discontentment leads us to living miserable lives with no peace or rest for our souls okay um, so let's just get right into the scriptures Ecclesiastes 6 is a very short chapter it's only 12 verses but it's very intense verse 1 says, there is another serious tragedy I have seen under the sun, and it weighs heavily on humanity. So we're humanity. So he's talking to us. God gives some people great wealth and honor and everything they could ever want, but then he doesn't give them the chance to enjoy these things. They die, and someone else, even a stranger, ends up enjoying their wealth. This is meaningless, a sickening tragedy. So the author says some things in Ecclesiastes that are quite shocking, and it reminds me of myself sometimes. I will give you an example. Um, One time when I was like 14 months pregnant with our son Cole, uh, or at least it felt like 14 months pregnant, (laughs) Um, the the dog that that we were sitting for, for a friend, had went number two all over our carpet, all over the house, and... You know, I spent all night on my hands and knees, very pregnant, cleaning up this mess for hours. And I told my husband, Tori, I said, hey, uh, this is a thing, so uh, don't keep an eye out. Don't let this happen again. Well, first thing in the morning, 6 a.m., it happens again. And I hear Tori, you know, say, oh, oh, man, or oh, crap, or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he said. And I wake up. I wake up out of my slumber. I go down the stairs. See, he cleaned it up like halfway and then said, okay, I'm heading out for a run. See ya. And I just started fuming. And in me and all of my pregnancy hormones, I said, enjoy your run and never come back. (laughs) Now, did I mean this? No, I love my husband. But... I wanted him to pay attention to something very important that was going on in my soul. And so why am I telling you this story? Well, I think that we should not discount the author's language because of how shocking it is and intense, right? So you'll, you're going to see what I'm talking about here in verse 3. So let's just pay attention because he wants us to pay attention, okay? If a man fathers a hundred children and lives many years so that the days of his years are many, but his soul is not satisfied with life's good things, and he also has no burial, I say that a stillborn child is better off than he. For it comes in vanity and goes in darkness, and in darkness its name is covered. Moreover, if it has not seen the, it has not seen the sun or known anything, yet it finds rest rather than he. 
even though he should live a thousand years twice over yet enjoy no good, do not all go to the one place. Whew, wow, well that, that changed the mood a little bit. That was very intense. And some of you may be saying, wow, that, that is very disturbing and even insensitive, right? But I think we need to take a look at the comparison that the author is saying here, right? So he's talking about this, he, there's two people he's talking about. He, he has this, he's talking about this man who has lived, he has everything he could ever want and need, he has his wealth, his reputation, he has everything, but he has, but he's miserable. He, is, he, he, he hates his life, he's self-sabotaging, right? He's given everything and he hates his life, right? And then there's this baby who has never seen the light of day, yet the baby is better off. And the difference here is rest. The baby has rest, right? So he's describing this, this problem of humanity is that we are living miserable lives. We are self-sabotaging and we don't have any rest for our souls. Now, do I think that the author here is dooming our lives or saying that we're, it, life is not worth living? No, but it's a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call for us all, right? And so I really feel the Spirit of God here saying, hey, we need to wake up. We are called for more than the way that we've been living. We are inflicting suffering onto ourselves. We have no rest for our souls. Have you ever inflicted suffering upon yourself? I have. I'll give you a another example, okay? So I, uh, I have a confession all right, some of you may or may not be able to relate to this given the cloudy Seattle essence of Seattle, right? But <laughs> I, I just have this dream, this desire to be tan. I just want to look a little darker. You know, I think a little extra color would just make me look beautiful, right? And so I, in high school, before prom, I would go to the tanning bed several times a week and I would lay out in the sun. You know, I'd go on vacations. I'd sit out in the hot sun with no sunscreen on. And I'm, I'm pasty. I burn easily, right? And what would happen was I would get burnt, so burnt to a crisp, right? I would get so, I would be in so pain. I'd have so much pain, I'd have the chills. My skin would get all blistered and then it would peel off and then I would love peeling off all of my skin. <laughs> Any peelers in here? Anyone get real intense satisfaction from peeling their skin? Anybody hate peeling, peeling skin? People that peel their skin? Okay, couple. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I would just put myself through torture. I would self-sabotage. And here's a picture of, of me at the beach. And I was frowning because I was burnt and miserable, right? And I didn't even get that tan. When I did get, I just got more freckles. And then my prayer was, maybe if I just keep tanning, I'll get so many freckles that they'll just blend together into one big freckle. And then I'll be tan. But no, that didn't happen. Actually, quite the opposite. So I went to, to the, get a skin check about five years ago and my test, you know, they did a biopsy on a suspicious mole, came back positive for pre-melanoma. It was turning into cancer. And I got, they went back in. I got a huge chunk taken out of my calf. I still have a scar today. And, you know, it, it was a wake-up call for me. Wow, I am self-sabotaging. And for, in the name of beauty and, and me just wanting to chase after something that I didn't have, 
I was making myself miserable and, and damaging my body and my health, right? And so now this is a physical example, but I feel like we do this to ourselves emotionally all the time, don't we? Right? We self-sabotage. Maybe you are a person that has extreme FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. And you just book your schedule, you go to all the social things, and then you're exhausted and you're so burnt out and miserable because you don't have any time to recharge, right? Or maybe you can't enjoy anything because you're always comparing yourself to other people. And you're like, you know what, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not as good as this person or I'm not as talented as this person or I'm not as smart as this person, right? Maybe you're just paralyzed by worry and you just, you're paralyzed by worry and indecision and you're just miserable. Or maybe you are a perfectionist like me, right? And you set ridiculously high standards for yourself and then you feel like a failure because you can't meet those standards. So then you feel unworthy and not good enough. So then you try even harder to become perfect, right? And the cycle continues. This is an exhausting way to live. We were meant to live for so much more, right? It reminds me of that Switchfoot song in the early 2000s, right? You know, does anyone know it? Ready? Sing with me. We were meant to live for so much more. Have we lost ourselves? Yes, we have lost ourselves. Yes! The author is saying it would have been better if we were never born. I, I don't know about you, but I reject that. I reject that, but we can't just let ourselves keep living miserable lives and accept that as the best of what God has for us. That's not true. And I feel like God wants to tell us that's not true, right? But we have to, we have to do something about it, right? Just like I could have prevented my bad sunburns, we can prevent self-sabotage. We can prevent the self-inflicted suffering we put upon ourselves. So I want to introduce you to something that I've applied in my own life because I realized that I have been self-sabotaging, right? And so th these are three principles that I believe will help us prevent our self-sabotaging habits. And it's a little acronym that is in, the, you know, in line with summertime, and it is SPF, right? SPF. So I have my friend here, my new friend, sunscreen. <laughs> We're getting to know each other very well lately. So this sunscreen here um, has an SPF rating on it, right? SPF stands for sun protection factor. It ranges, the number ranges anywhere between, you know, SPF 10 to SPF 100. And it, 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 the higher the number, the higher the, the protection, right? And so uh, I'm an acronym girl. I just, that's how I remember things. And so I need this for my life because I need to remember these principles. And so we have three, three letters that I want to introduce you, SPF. And the first one, in a bur so in a burnout culture, right, we need to prevent the self-inflicted suffering. And the first habit, the first thing I want to introduce you to is we need to be self-aware. Before we can do anything else, we need to be self-aware. We prevent self-inflicted suffering when we make the space to examine the current state of our souls, right? The dictionary definition of self-awareness says the conscious knowledge 
of one's own character, feelings, motives, and desires. Are we there? Are we there yet? I don't think so, right? Let's continue in Ecclesiastes verse 7 and 8. It says, All the toil of man is for his mouth, yet his appetite is not satisfied. For what advantage has the wise man over the fool? And what does the poor man have who knows how to conduct himself before the living? So what this is saying is we self-inflict suffering when we think that striving harder leads us to satisfaction. This is a lie, right? There's this realization in Ecclesiastes that no matter how much striving or working or toiling, our appetites as humanity is still unsatisfied. But do you consciously know that you're unsatisfied and where you're unsatisfied, right? What does it even look like to be self-aware? Yeah. Well, before I was the kids director at Kalos, I was an engineer. Classic. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, my job was very interesting, right? One of, one of the things that I did as a part of my job was to go into manufacturing facilities and help them prevent injuries in the workplace, like injuries from heavy equipment and stuff. And I saw some crazy things one time. Uh, I saw a manufacturer that made, um, you know, huge, like, stamped pieces of metal. And there was this uh, huge stamping press, like, probably 200 tons, crushing these, these pieces of metal into metal parts, right? And there were operators that were sticking their heads in their arms inside of the stamping press while it was moving, while it was running. And I'm thinking... <sighs> are you aware that this is dangerous? Um, are you even aware that this could hurt somebody or you? Uh, it's kind of awkward, right? But they didn't know. They didn't know. They, they were so used to doing this day in and day out, they didn't even think about the risk. They didn't even think that it was a problem, right? And so we conducted, what we helped these customers do is conduct a risk assessment to help identify and help them be more self-aware of the hazards and the risks to prevent injuries, right? So then once we did the risk assessment, we, the, the customers were able to design out the hazard. Because they had that knowledge and that awareness, they could prevent the injuries, right? And so what if we did the same thing for our lives, for our souls, right? What if we did a risk assessment for our souls and we, we decided, what, what is it in my life that is causing me harm? What is it that is causing this dissatisfaction and this misery in my life? Right? There's this beautiful prayer in Psalms that I meditate on frequently. It says, search my heart, God, and know, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, I've been going through this journey. I have become more self-aware through therapy. Yes, I go to therapy. I recommend it for anyone that's considering it. And in therapy, I've been, it's been brought to my attention and I've been, I've been searching through this more in that I have been self-sabotaging through perfectionism and the, the striving for the approval of others. 
rooted in inadequacy, right? My belief is saying that I am not enough as I stand. I need to prove, I need to prove my worth, right? If I, if I prove my worth, if I earn my worth to people, then I will be satisfied. But the reality is that the more that I tried to be everything to everybody, the, the, the more empty I felt, the emptier and the, the more miserable I, that I felt. And so one day my therapist compared me to this mountaineer who cut off his own arm to survive, right? She, she said, Amy, you're cutting off your own arm. There's a true story about this, actually. There's, they made a movie about it. It's called 127 Hours, starring James Franco. And he, you know, he's climbing, he get, his arm gets pin, pinned under this boulder, and after five days, he makes the decision to cut off his own arm for survival. She said, my therapist said, Amy, you are cutting off your own arm, but your arm isn't even pinned under anything. His, suffer his suffering was necessary. Yours is not. You're causing, you're living this exhausting life for no reason. It's all self-inflicted. So I want to ask you this morning, are you cutting off your own arm too? I can't be the only one who's cutting off their own arm, right? Before we can do anything about it, we have to acknowledge it. We have to know what we're doing, why, what we're chasing after, what we're longing for, right? The first step to preventing self-inflicted suffering is being S, self-aware. We have our S, self-aware, P, SPF, P. We need to be present. Randall, are you being present? Good. We prevent self-inflicted suffering when we pay attention to God's good things in our lives. When we pay attention. Okay? Verse 9 says, enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless, like chasing the wind. So what this verse is saying is we self-inflict suffering when we dwell on what we do not have. Can anyone relate to this? Right? We are unaware of what we have, but yet we're so aware of what we don't have. Right? As a society, our minds are elsewhere, and it's taking a toll on us. There was a really powerful study done at Harvard that found that people spend 46.9 of their waking hours, almost this is almost half, so about eight hours a day, thinking about something other than what they're doing, essentially not being present. Yeah. Did you catch that or was your mind elsewhere? <laughs> right? What? <laughs> the study also correlated this type of mindlessness to unhappiness, right? The, the psychologists of the study write this. They say, a wondering mind is an, is an unhappy mind. The ability to think about what is not happening is a cognitive achievement that comes at an emotional cost. Not being present comes at an emotional cost, right? And the study also found this. The effect, negative effects of not being present, including 
Misunderstandings and breakdowns in relationships and communication. Problems prioritizing. Burnout or overall fatigue. Feelings of depression and unhappiness. Diminished productivity. Does this apply to any of you? This applies, all of this applies to me. All of it, right? The things that you think are helping you get through the day are really making the day harder to get through, right? You ever feel depressed after watching four hours worth of TikTok videos? Is that just me? Just kidding. (laughs) So I recognized, right? I recognized I was not being present in my life. Right? So I had these feelings of, of inadequacy, like always comparing myself to others, right? not being able to be in the moment. Also, I have a, a two-year-old son who has a whole host of health issues, really bad digestive issues. I found that I was spending more time researching and meal prepping and doing all of this stuff for him instead of actually being with him and enjoying him. I was not able to enjoy my own son. Everybody else could enjoy my son except for me. Right? So that was very sobering for me. So my husband, Tori, and I, we took, uh, we decided, you know what, we've been go, go, go. We need, we, need a, we need a break. We just need to unplug. We need to get out of this mess, right? So we went, we just did an overnight trip to Deception Pass, right? We made the conscious decision we were going to be present. We were going to turn our phones on Do Not Disturb. We were going to just enjoy each other's company. It was a very simple trip. We didn't do much. We just you know, went for a hike and just like ate good food and drank a good coffee. But you know, that was, it was so beautiful. It was the best trip that I've taken in so long because I felt, I just felt like a human. I felt like I could just be, right? There was no pressure. There was no exhausting. There was, there was no anxiety in my mind. I could just rest. And for the first time, I didn't hate myself. I cried because I was like, I can actually just be, and I actually like myself like this. You know, and um, you know, this was a picture of our Airbnb. It was beautiful. We just, we just sat, my favorite part of the trip was so simple, but I will remember this forever. Those red chairs right there, Tori and I just sat on those chairs for an hour, drinking a glass of something that may have tasted better than LaCroix. And we may or may not have been wearing any clothes, you know. We felt like Adam and Eve before the fall. We were just so free. But we just sat there. And we just sat there and just, we, we just hung out, looking over the water, just being present, be, feeling grounded, right? And so I just, you know, we can't always do this. We can't always get naked and go on a trip, right? But... What we can do, we have to live lives. We have responsibilities, people. Come on, let's not be irresponsible. But I, I got a taste. I got a taste of what it was like to be a part of God's creation and just be and just enjoy. And so I thought, what if I can, what if I can bring this into my life? What if I can take this vacation mentality into my everyday life? Right? So what would that look like for you? What would that look like to bring this, this relaxation, this ability to enjoy God and enjoy the people that you love while you're in the midst of your weeks? Right? So for parents, maybe it looks like 
not rushing through bedtime at night with your kids. You know, we all want that like rest time, that adult time after. But what, what if you created a new memory with your kid and you just sat in that, in that space, in that time at the end of the night when you're putting your kids to bed, right? What if, you know, you're out running errands? This applies to everybody, you know, we all have to run errands. And instead of just being in and out, you take the time to notice the other stores around. And maybe you walk in and you, you know, go in, explore a new store you've never been to, and you buy a plant or something, you know? Or what if you, you know, took, the, what would it look like to enjoy cleaning, right? I'm somebody that hates cleaning. I don't know, so I had to ask Yuna Lee, who loves to clean, where's Yuna? There, yeah, there she is. I, I, I had to call her up, I'm like, um, what is it about cleaning that you enjoy? Because I can't relate, I just can't relate. And, and she said a lot of different things, but she said, you know what, I, I really enjoy the, the smell of my fresh cleaning products, they smell so good. And I really love the, the gratification I get when I vacuum and I hear all the, the sounds of the dirt, you know, getting sucked up, the right? I'm like, okay, I can get behind that, I, I relate to that. What would it look like to enjoy the warm water as you're washing dishes, right? And just be, be, pay attention to your senses and what, what God is doing, right? We think if we can just get to this place in my life, then I'll relax. If I can just get here, then I'll be, then I'll be content, right? But it impacts more than just us. It impacts the others around us. When we're not present, people can tell, especially that the ones that we love the most, Right? So do you appreciate what God has given to you? Or are you just wishing the time away, right? Are you present or are you passing by? Let's see how God demonstrates being present. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 1, right? In the very beginning, verse 27 starts, says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. So this is God, right? He, he creates male and female. He creates us in his own image. And then what does he do? He stops, and he, he enjoys us. He wow. delights in us. Wow. And this isn't what this message you know, is about necessarily, but I just want to remind you that God delights in you right now. It wasn't just in the beginning. He, he enjoys you right now. You are his creation, right? But what, what God did in this creation process was he stopped. He paid attention. He enjoyed, right? And one thing that I noticed here is that he didn't wait until the Sabbath to the seventh day to do this, right? He did this throughout the creation process. On the sixth day, he did this. And in fact, days one through six, on most days, once he created something, he stopped over and he said, this is, this is very good, Powerful. right? So what if we did the same? What if we don't wait till the weekend yes. and we do it? How, how do we enjoy what we're doing while we're doing it, so right? Good. In the midst of our week, so right? So we have self-aware, we have to be self-aware. We have to be present, right? We prevent self-inflicted suffering when we pay attention, when we stop and pay attention to God's good things in our lives. So what if we could have the freedom to experience life as, we're, as it's happening instead of what we think it should be or how it ought to be? So this leads me to my third and final point. 
We have SPF. We need to be flexible. Flexible. We prevent self-inflicted suffering when we let go of expectations and outcomes. Right? Verse 10 through 12 says, Whatever has come to be has already been named, and it is known what man is, and that he is not able to dispute with one stronger than he. That's God. The more words, the more vanity. And what is the advantage to man? For who knows what is good for man while he lives the few days of his vain life, which he passes like a shadow? For who can tell man what will be after him under the sun? So what this is saying is that we we self-inflict suffering when we think we know better than God. When we fight God, when we dispute God, when we think we know best, right? Have you ever found yourself trying to control God and then it just makes things worse? There's a, there's a camp saying, um, you know, my husband and I used to volunteer at this uh, um, camp for children in, in the foster care system. Speaking of camp, did anyone go to the Kalos camp a couple weeks ago? I'm telling you, I cannot get making melodies out of my head even to this day. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you. Making melodies in my heart. Yeah. Well, there's this camp saying that the director, you know, implement, ingrained in all of our heads. And that is, it's, it's essentially a new beatitude. It says, blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be broken. And this saying is very important at camp, right? Because we think, you know, we're all prayed up. We're going into this camp and we're like, oh, you know, God's going to move. I'm going to bond with my camper. It's going to be so amazing. There's going to be all these miracles. And then reality set in, right? And, and we're working with teenagers here, right? And so we would be um, confronted with, with attitude, hair pulling, fist fights, drama, changes to schedule, right? It would just be like all over the place. It'd be, it'd be pure chaos, right? And people would leave feeling disappointed. Oh, God didn't show up like I thought he would, you know? I'm, I'm just drained, right? And... They, they missed the point. God did show up, but just not in the ways that they expected him to, right? But we were coached. We were trained to let go of expectations, to expect God to show up, but to let go of the, the how and the when and the what he was going to do, right? Many of us are holding on to our own ways of thinking, and we're, we're so inflexible, and this just causes us to self-sabotage. It makes us miserable. But you know what? This is nothing new. The Pharisees, when Jesus walked the earth, right? The Pharisees tried to tell Jesus how to live his life. They tried to control him and and they, they rebuked him, right? So in Matthew 12, Jesus was very flexible, right? But the Pharisees did not like that. Jesus, you know, one for example, his his disciples were hungry and they picked grain on the Sabbath and ate it. He let them do that, right? And he healed a man on the Sabbath. And this was a problem for the Pharisees because, Jew- because Jesus broke the Jewish law. Of, he didn't cease, you know, they didn't cease work on the Sabbath. This was a big no-no in the Jewish law, right? But then Jesus says this to them. He says, there is far more at stake here than religion, If you had any idea what the scripture meant, I prefer a flexible heart to an inflexible ritual, you wouldn't be nitpicking like this. Do you ever nitpick at the cost of your relationships? 
You know, do you ever get upset or cause harm by, by somebody in your life that doesn't operate exactly how you want them to? Do you nitpick churches because of one little thing that you don't like or that you're not used to? Right? We nitpick all the time. We are so critical. We fight God. We resist God. We're inflexible as a humanity. This reminds me of, um, you know, back in April was one of the scariest and most stressful weeks of my life. We all had COVID at home. You know, Tori had COVID. I had COVID. My son Cole had COVID. But what was even worse was Cole had 106.2 fever, 106 fever. And he wouldn't eat or drink anything. He, w- he, refu- he, he refused everything I tried to offer him, even popsicles, right? He had tried all these sneaky things. He wouldn't drink anything. And he became very lethargic and fussy and discolored, right? So we took him to the ER. We found out he had an ear infection on top of, of uh, having COVID and this fever, right? So we thought, okay, well, you know, the antibiotics will help. So we try to give him antibiotics, and he spits the medicine out. He rejects the medicine. He's being so inflexible just because it's a little uncomfortable or just because he doesn't like the taste. He's rejecting all help. And we knew the bigger picture. My husband and I, we were like, oh, if he would just drink some water, he would feel better. If he would just, you know, if he would just take his antibiotics, he would feel better. But he resisted and he ended up causing himself more harm. But he didn't understand the big picture. And I feel like sometimes that's our relationship with God. We fight him. We resist him. And we say, no, I'm going to do it my own way. And then it just causes us more harm. And we're self-sabotaging. We're inflicting this suffering onto ourselves when God is standing right here with open arms and he's saying, I'm here. I'm here. You know, we were so so inflexible as a humanity that we crucified him. We crucified Jesus. But you know, what he, you know what he said? He said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. He didn't give up on us. He's still here. He, he rose from the dead, and he promises to be with each and every one of us. So I want to ask you, are you fighting God today? Or are you open to him? Right? So I want to I lead us in a, in a prayer together and apply our SPF, right? The highest SPF rating is Jesus. You know? Infinity. So, and this, this, sun, this SPF, we can't just apply it once and be done with it, just like sunscreen, right? We gotta keep applying it to stay protected. So I wanna invite you into this prayer with me, because I need this every day. God, would you help me be more self-aware? Would you help me pay attention to what's going on? Will you help me examine my own heart and the current state of my soul and help me identify what I'm chasing after, why I'm so unsatisfied? What am I longing for? Where am I causing myself harm? And God, would you help me to be present Would you help me to notice you in everything? 
and notice the people around me? Would you help me pay attention to the good things that you've put in my life? And God, would you help me to be flexible? Will you help me know that you are God and I am not? Would you help me to let go of expectations and outcomes? Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for the Kalos Church Podcast. Hey, if you feel comfortable, we would love to see you and meet you in person. We meet at 945 and 1130 every Sunday at the Hilton Garden Inn in downtown Bellevue. If you want to join us, head to www.kalos.church. You can get all the information you need and sign up so we can make sure there's a safe place for you to come and experience the beauty of Jesus with you. We'll see you next time.